years. He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before hello love hello there hello hello love morning where in the world have you been so long I missed you so since you've been gone hello love but you are back here with us now we are back here with you now good for that make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long well, come on in, love. Sit down and join uh, the conversation. Enjoy the information. We've got uh, the coffee is brewing. The water is ready. My Pellegrino, maybe the sparkling water doesn't freeze. Maybe that's why, because my, my Pellegrino water is Take not. Take it outside, Howard. We'll find out. I should do that. Take it out during the break and see if the sparkling water will freeze. I think it's lost its sparkle, though. Hmm. But it's okay. Um, Welcome to the show. 810, 10 minutes after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Temperature, uh, 7 degrees now, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 6 degrees of the Highlands, 7 in Elm Grove. What do you have here? Uh, we're still at 6. 6 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Mostly sunny, a high around 22, 23 or so during the day today. But it's going to feel colder. Uh, wind chill factors are going to make it feel below zero. Uh, could be as low as negative 10, negative 13 or so. Right now at the airport, it feels like negative 9. Adam said... Um, Negative 13 is the feels-like temperature here uh, in the upper Ohio Valley. So uh, bundle up, be warm, um, and and be safe. I said earlier, I, I know it's, I sound like a preacher. Well, I am. But um, it's uh, let's, let's just remember that this kind of weather, this kind of temperature, it's not just funny. It's cold. It's cold and it's dangerous. It's really dangerous. Um, you know, the snow, now yesterday the snow in the morning was a little bit dangerous too, but you know, snow can be fun. All right. I mean, this, a nice, good snowfall, Bob, can be fun. We can make snowmen and snowballs. Yeah, and it can be of, fun. You know, today's not fun. There's Howard. nothing funny about these <laughs> no, kind of these it's not these kind of these kind of temperatures. You know, the people who have to make decisions about that at the school system always impress me because you know, how do you do it? How do you decide when it's time to delay school, cancel school, to say we're going to brave it out and make it go? Because you know, when I was a kid. Why well, we went, uh, we walked 14 miles to school through six inches, six feet of snow uphill both ways. But nowadays they have to think they don't do that. Rick, <laughs> Rick Jones is here with us from the Ohio County School System. Rick, I want to talk about the Super Six, but first of all, how do you guys decide when it's time to call it quits for a day? Well, so we have uh, three or four of us that get together and talk, and we have people throughout the county. If it's a road issue, they look at roads and. If it's temperature-type things like today, we go with, um, if there's a national, uh, I'm sorry, Howard, hold on, I'm going to take off my headphones because they're repeating back to me. Okay. (laughs) That's all right. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Yes, sir. Okay. Sorry. Um, So if it's cold, when the National Weather Service does a windshield advisory, you know, it says windshields are going to be below zero, we don't want little kids standing out waiting on the bus, so that's how we... We make it. Uh, that and the Magic 8 ball, we, we throw that around. And <laughs> see, I knew that. I knew that. Two-hour <laughs> delay. Well, yeah. I knew like was... today, we were like, the, we were really considering it, but, you know, there's another school 
county in the state that's gone to school and when you're on the bubble and everybody else is closed, we just kind of follow suit. Makes so sense. We, I, we go to school extra minutes every day to have these days, so we're really not out anything. I think a lot of folks forget that um, there are kids who get up very early and have to be out in the cold waiting for school buses up on the ridges and the hills and so on. You know, those of us lucky enough to live down in the valley, so to speak, or in a basic, basic residential neighborhood, uh, downtown or something, we don't we don't stop to think about what it's like up there on the ridges um, and how cold it can be waiting in the. I, I wouldn't want to be outside for five. I wouldn't want to be outside for two minutes right now, to be honest with you. Yeah, I went out this morning to start my car, but wasn't all clothes with everything on yet, and it was terrible out there. So. <laughs> well, I've been yeah. jo- I've been joking all morning. My wife has been my wife wanted me to wear a hat and wear my gloves and wear my scarf, and you know I'm a macho man. I go, no, honey, I don't need all that. I don't need all that. But she's right. But she <laughs> was, she, she was right. You know, she she was right, and I did wear all of those things. Rick, um, the Super Six, we are in, what, the the 30th year? Is that right? Yeah, they just completed the 30th year. Um, I remember uh, the first year, how exciting it was, making the pitch, and then when it was uh, accepted and Wheeling became the home of the state football championships, and we have just rolled along ever since. I think almost all the time the renewals have been uh, not exactly rubber stamped, but uh, the, the, the work done here in Wheeling has been has spoken for itself. And even though every once in a while some other uh, communities try to uh, put a bid in, Wheeling has continued to succeed. But i got to tell you, in talking to some of the other communities that are making bids this year, I feel like this one's going to be a little little tougher. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Anytime you have WVU and Marshall wanting to get in on it, and you know, Bluefield has a really nice stadium, and Charleston's the capital, and they've bid again. Uh, it, I do believe it will be very competitive and the SSAC has a tough decision to make. I sat on that board for three or four years when I was a principal at John Marshall and they have a lot of with eligibility where state championships are going to be hold held with discipline with coaches and athletes. There's a lot of tough decisions that come out of that office and uh, today will be a well they're not going to decide today but the next week or two will be really tough decisions for them and I respect Whatever they decide, those are my colleagues, my friends, people I see and I've worked with, and whatever they decide um, is up to them. It's their organization. You the the bids have already been made uh, uh, in writing officially, and then to, to, so today you make a presentation, and then at some point I think they come and take a look at the different locations, including Wheeling, but all the others as well. Is that right? Correct. I think this year I don't know that they've done that in the past. They've typically, at least I know when I was on the board, we decided that day. Um, however, I do think with having this many bids, they will be going and looking at uh, all the facilities to see what they can offer. And um, I know they're going to come to Wheeling, but we've been interviewing for this for 30 years, so they know <laughs> they already know what they're getting here. So. Rick, what's your elevator okay. speech? What's your elevator speech selling Super 6 to the committee? Well, first, I think this is a community local event here that's one of the few things in Wheeling that that we have the MEC now, which is tremendous in this, that people can, they put everything into it. When you go to, uh, say if it's at WVU, they have huge events all the time, much bigger than this, and they have a staff that runs those, and I'm sure it'll be the same staff that runs it, and my guess is it would feel very empty there, and Again, I understand That's if people would want it there. I'm a huge Mountaineer fan, and I love Neil Brown. And 
uh, I can see why. But to me, I would want a more intimate feeling. Like in 2015, when Wheeling Park played in it and everybody in this area was there, I don't know that you have that same feeling. If you take that exact crowd, I almost try to superimpose it onto uh, West Virginia Mountaineer Field, uh, but I'm not crafty enough technologically to do that. But <laughs> you take that was probably the biggest crowd, and I tried, started to, and then I said, ah, forget it. Um, if you take that biggest crowd we ever had, probably was that 2015 game, Willing Park and Capitol, and you put that inside Mountaineer Field, uh, I don't know. That's not what I would want, that's for sure. This is a high school event. And I know other states have used their um, number one Division One Power Five uh, stadium, but those are much bigger states that have a lot more people, a lot more classes, and and even when you look at those pictures, I just did some googling and looked at images. Boy, they're empty. I mean, they're just empty. And I just think if I were in charge, I'd be keeping it somewhere here or like this size of a stadium because it just feels crowded it's a great atmosphere we just bought this four hundred thousand dollar jumbotron which if people haven't seen it this is we just used it this year but the main reason that our board approved it uh very quickly and it's because it is used for the super six in this community i've estimated about two million dollars this community has invested in the super six uh over the past 30 years so rick when you make your pitch do, do you get feedback or they just do they listen politely and say thank you? Or do you hear some of the things that some of the feedback that they're hearing? Like, wow, I had a lot of complaints this year about the roads or, or anything like that. How does it work? Uh, well, I've only done this once sitting on the other side of the table, so I don't know. But, but there is a, I know we get 30 minutes to present, and then there's a 15 minute uh, window for questions. So that would be the time. Uh, to ask those questions. I didn't hear many complaints about the roads this year, uh, probably from us more than anybody. Um, but I don't know that other people really complained a whole lot about it. Now, next year, it should be almost done. And with all the stuff that's really happening in Wheeling, I think if we get this for another four years and that all gets cleaned up and you see all the new businesses and restaurants that are opening, it could be a really nice um just atmosphere with wheeling coming up a little bit, at least from my vantage point, but they're getting a lot new action down there. I think it could be a really nice uh, to go right across the bridge and get something to eat and a drink or whatever you want to do here really soon. And I think that would be really nice for other ones. You might sit in traffic. You might have to drive 15 or 20 minutes to get anywhere. Um, so I think it's a nice, Set up for, I, I've uh, always thought that one of the selling points here, and it may it may very well be true with the others when they make their pitches too, but I always thought one of the big selling points here was that the Super Six Committee here and the community treats this as much more than just a football game or a series of football games. This is a whole package of events and activities that surround it. Absolutely. I mean, they've put on a academic breakfast, which is tremendous. They do dinners for the coaches and their staff. They do dinner. Uh, they feed all the players. You know, so we're going to look at all those things to see: do they want to continue those things? Do they want some addition by subtraction, where some of it maybe is too much? And I don't know. I have not heard that. But 
if we are awarded, I would like to sit down with them and see how they would like us to make any changes if they want us to. We'd have to come up with a new name since there's going to be eight teams. Right. Uh, I think there's a big advertising uh, possibility. If you call it the Super 8 and you get the Super 8 corporate offices to be the sponsor, <laughs> I think that could be some really good money there. To, I mean, people don't realize it, it takes about $80,000 yeah. to run this event. And that is all paid for by people in Wheeling, our county commission, the city of Wheeling, advertisers that uh, that give money or businesses that give money to advertise and, and donate to the – I mean, this community, again, about $2 million they've put into this. Rick, uh, the so, extra two teams are going to change it, just like you said. Uh, do yeah. you think it's going to be a big change in the format? Do you think it will be three games on Saturday? Um, any talk about that yet? We haven't talked about that. I am one, before we were going to go to four classes, I, if we got this again, I was going to suggest that we have all three games on Saturday. You can easily do it. Friday sometimes breaks it up, but now with four teams, we're not going to be able to do that. Personally, I would like to see one on Friday, three on Saturday, um, but that would be something that we collaborated with the SSAC on. I do think the extra class, We'll bring a lot more people because people think maybe not because they're the smallest schools where you're adding, but those schools have never been to a state championship because right. they've always been overpowered by the bigger single A schools that really are more now going to be double A schools. So that those communities, you know, you'll turn the lights off if you're the last one to leave to come to Wheeling to watch those because <laughs> they've never been there before, most likely. <laughs> Rick, what are you? What are what new things uh, are you pitching this year, or are you pitching anything new? Is it just going to be, hey, look at what we've done, we're going to do it again, or are you trying to bring some new direction or new new opportunities to the presentation you make? Well, some new opportunities. Uh, uh, one, I probably shouldn't talk too much about because I'm not sure that we're going to actually do it, but we've thrown around here uh, bidding on the cheer championships oh. and having them at the Civic Center and having them the same weekend as the Super 6, and when our roads are done and the bridge is open, you could walk back and forth, and maybe we do a waiver and you do all the cheerleading championships on Sunday, or you mix them in throughout the weekend and you just have everything in one weekend. Again, that's not official. We don't know that we're going to do that, but it's something that there's Libby Shepard, who runs all the cheering stuff in this area and for the OVC and does for years, is really interested in trying to get it here, so... That's something I think could even bring more and more people here to Wheeling and make it both atmospheres, football and cheering, a lot better because of all the additional people. But that's we are not going to bid that today, but we are. I am going to throw it out there as food for thought for them if we would be interested in doing that. But the Jumbotron itself, we didn't get to utilize it like it's capable of being utilized this year because it was brand new. But next year we will have – if you come for the state championship, you would run out probably to a highlight video from your year that we put together and put up there with music and show some of your greater plays for the year and do both teams that are playing. We can do player profiles where you can actually you can see that. Thing. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it looks like it should be at a college stadium. It is beautiful. From the furthest seat in away from it, you can see it clear as day. It's tremendous. So we have a guy uh, that we've been working with that uh, JB1 Media that does a lot of things around here, and he's been doing some things at our basketball games that are tremendous. 
And we've had people calling us to advertise on it because of how good it looks in sure. our gym. So I think with all the extra stuff we can do with that, it will feel like a college day there with all the uh, video stuff that we'll be able to do. Do you, do you worry about uh, – in, in years past, I think Wheeling has been so – uh, so significantly above the other bids that have come in simply because Wheeling has more to offer and a better experience with this. I think the other bids this year, I think communities have changed a bit. We talked with Tom Bloom uh, last week from Montague County, and you know, as he said, he didn't think they would have been ready 10 years ago, but more has happened yeah. now in the Morgantown area. They, so the, the, com- the competi- competing cities have, have grown, have added more to it. Do you think that if you were on the other side of this, if you were on the SSAC looking at this, would you think that maybe the argument "time for a change" has some validity? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, there, there's no hard feelings if they decide to do something different. Uh, it's up to them. Uh, everybody has to make tough decisions. But to me, if I'm running the SSAC and I know that it goes really well here. I wouldn't want to risk it, especially I did listen to Mr. Bloom talk. You know, at first I thought this was really Neil Brown that was going to be doing a lot of this. <laughs> Seems like it's not really as much him anymore. <laughs> and it's the county commission. Yeah. You know, people get elected every two years in the county commission. I wouldn't want to find out that somebody doesn't get elected in year two of this four-year bid and wonder who's going to do all the work. Right. Here, it's myself that my entire career has been in education and athletics. Coach Doc, who's obviously the same way. And the other people that are going to help us, I've uh, recruited some of my old buddies from Marshall County to help because we'd like to use some of their hotels and their field for practice. And it's the principal, John Marshall, Jason Marling, and Casey Storm, who was my athletic director when I was at John Marshall. You will be contact. Everybody running this will be athletic directors, administrators, have all the access to all the facility and all the things that we need, all the communication that goes to the coaches to deal with hotels and all the logistics will be from athletic directors and people that they are that they know and familiar with and comfortable with. You're not going to call and hope to get a politician somewhere to pick up or a commissioner somewhere to pick up and, and get you what you need. These are all educators and people in the education field that have been running this for 30 years. And if we get it, it'll be the same thing. It'll be all educators uh, and coaches that are, that are running it. It's one of, one of the things I certainly have noticed over the 30 years is there's been a uh, – what's the word I want to look for? Not a dynasty, but, I mean, there's all there's been a lot of changes of the people, but, but it always moves smoothly. You know, you get trained by other people and work with other folks, you know, going all the way back to the days with Sam Mumley and moving forward yep. and um, – it's it's kind of like passing the torch, if you will. Hey, Rick, I got to move on. Uh, good luck to you today, um, okay. and uh, we'll uh, we'll see how things go. Uh, be great to have it back. And uh, uh, I don't super 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 eight, elite eight, ultimate well, eight. Well, the elite eight. That's the, the problem with elite eight. You feel like it's March Madness. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We got some work to do. I thought we would team up with them and. I like that. I like Super 8. That would, that would work. Yeah. yeah. Especially hey. if they give us some money. <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, Bob asked me a question earlier before uh, sure. we brought you on, which was, uh, today is a, a school cancellation day. Do you just go home now and forget your work for the rest of the day now? I'm actually in my office okay. right now, <laughs> and I have to do a little more preparing for this presentation. <laughs> uh, so I'll be working 
today. All um, right. Rick, thanks for joining. Thanks jo- for having me. I really enjoy your show. I really I listen to it every morning, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I Thank appreciate you, it. Thanks very much. Rick Jones, Thank Ohio you. County Assistant Superintendent of Schools and one of the Super 6 board members making the presentation today. What a nice guy, huh, Howard? Millions plan for retirement online. Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70, the top of the hill, the Highlands. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion. Plus, an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Cold, cold nose, cold, cold fingers, cold everything, cold, cold toes, and I won't go any further than that, but let's just say everything is cold this morning. Temperature roaming right around six or seven degrees everywhere here in the upper Ohio Valley, and the uh, feels like temperature is negative nine, negative ten, somewhere in that general range, so uh, it's it's cold outside. It's going to get warmer, going to get into the 20s, but again, the wind chill advisory stays in effect until uh, noon today. William Mayor Glenn Elliott is now William Mayor Glenn Elliott and U.S. Senate candidate Glenn Elliott. He's with us coming up in the uh, next half hour of the show. A couple of quick texts off the Frio Stack auction service text line. Um, I, I get where he's coming from with the Super 8 and maybe make the connection with the hotel chain and so on, but I, I'm not, it's got to be a better name, don't you think? Yeah, and and he's right. Elite Eight, you think of basketball, but maybe you could, that's maybe actually you could, probably that's actually probably trademarked. Yeah, you could probably put something in there in the middle of it. I hope I'm wrong, Howard. I think the deciding factor is going to be give these kids a chance that this is probably going to be their last football game. Give them a chance to play on a big time college atmosphere field. And I, I, I think and that's a big. I point. think that with the combination of Tom Bloom, who's going to be ready, you know, he's going to be ready. I, I, I think they're going to move it. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I think that's, I, that that's been my thought all along is that if you're a, college, a high school athlete, a chance to play on the big field in West Virginia. That atmosphere. Uh, and it, it's going to alternate between Marshall and WVU, but either way, you're, you're in the big stadium. On the other hand, I think Rick made a really good point. It's a great point. Which is that it's going to be an empty stadium. Yeah, I mean, you're in the stadium, and that's and I think that's a real strong selling point. But also, you know, you can look up there and go, wait, where, you know, you got people that can fill up Wheeling Island Stadium, but they're scattered out throughout Milan Puskar Stadium. 
Uh, it's going to look it looks empty. like nobody's there. Exactly, exactly. Text line says grade eight. Huh, grade eight? That's a possibility. Yeah, okay. That's a possibility. Uh, I've got a couple of texts come in here about Mayor Elliott. I'll share those with you coming up in a minute or two. And Mayor Elliott himself is coming up to uh, join us. Straight ahead on the Watchdog Morning Show. But first, Taylor Long is here. She has Ohio Valley headlines from the WTRF-TV7 Newsroom. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 17th. There's no day like a snow day, and we're seeing several delays and cancellations for today. Ohio County school officials always prioritize student safety when making decisions on whether schools should close due to weather concerns. David Crum, administrator of operations for Ohio County schools, says it's not just the snow that families have to worry about. Frigid temperatures and other factors can also lead to a potential closure. For students who are in need of weather-appropriate clothing, please contact Ohio County Schools for more details. And all new this morning, emergency crews responded to a structure fire last night. It was located on Berkshire Drive in Chester. The structure was fully involved. Multiple fire departments and tankers were on the scene, including Chester and New Cumberland. Details are still limited this morning, so be sure to stay with 7 News and WTRF.com for updates. And we also have an update on the investigation following a railroad worker dying in Jewett, Ohio. A spokesperson for the Columbus and Ohio River Railroad confirmed to 7 News that one of their employees died. Now the National Transportation Safety Board's statement on the matter is that they will collect information surrounding the event, interview witnesses and examine worker safety policies at the site. A preliminary report will also be available within 30 days. Stay with 7 News for additional updates. Last week, Senator Shelley Moore Capito penned a letter to U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg advocating for funds to replace the Market Street Bridge. The bridge was shut down to traffic the previous month due to an unsuccessful routine safety check. Senator Capito expressed her endorsement for the federal funding application via the Bridge Investment Program. She further stated that sanctioning this grant would facilitate the complete construction of a vital bridge located along the Ohio River in Brook County. Stay with 7 News as that continues. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Coming up on today's Mountaineer Report is brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's game day here in Norman, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and the Sooners coming your way tonight on MSN. Our pregame coverage will begin at 7. The tip is set to go at 8 o'clock. You could make a very strong case that Oklahoma's basketball program is in basketball what West Virginia's football program was in football in the Big 12 this year. 
What's all that mean? Well, you remember, WV's football team was picked to finish 14th out of 14 schools in the conference race. Oklahoma's basketball prospects weren't as bad, but they were picked to finish 12th out of 14. And look what we have here. It's a Sooners team that comes into tonight's game ranked 15th in the country. They are 13-3 and overall. How did they do it? Well, Porter Moser, the third-year head coach of the Sooners, made a lot of changes in the offseason. A year ago, they finished two games under 500. So he replaced four of his assistant coaches on his staff, and he retooled his lineup. Only one starter returns from last season's team. And what has that led them to? Well, a lot of balanced scoring. Milos Yuzan comes into tonight's game averaging nine points. JVN McCullum who transferred in from Siena, averages 15. Sam Godwin with 8. Otega away averages 14. And Jalen Moore averages 9. Overall, a balanced scoring team, extremely good on defense, giving up 65 points per game. Big challenge for the Mountaineers. That is today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Levitt Agency is just like you. They support the Knights, too. They are also proud to live in Wheeling, where they help families like yours with auto, home, business, farm, life, and retirement. Don't drop the ball. Get the professional coaching you need to win at life. Give the Fahey Levitt Agency a call today at 304-242-8840. And go Knights! injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Go, go, go. Cold, 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 cold. Seven degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Six degrees with the Highlands. Seven in Elm Grove and six degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. The uh, feels-like temperature is in the negative range. Negative nine at the airport. Negative 13 here uh, downtown. Bob, how cold is it? How cold is it, It is so cold. Time has frozen. Just like that. Time has frozen. Look at our clock here. This uh, this, uh, digital clock that we have here that keeps track of time. It's frozen. That means it's how cold it is in the studio. We're not talking outside <laughs> It here. is so cold that our clock is frozen. We can't even tell time anymore. Time is now frozen. We are now frozen in time. Holy, holy mackerel. Mayor Elliott coming by in a minute or two here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, let's see. Uh, text line uh, 304-214-1600. 304-214-1600. Um, shoot. I'm looking my text line. I lost my text line. I had a couple of things I wanted to get to here. Uh, well, some of these have to do with the mayor, so maybe I'll read them. Maybe I'll get it up when the mayor is here. Willie Mayor Glenn Elliott is here with us. He is now a uh, he's a twofer. 
It's uh, Mayor Elliott, uh, Wheeling Mayor Glenn Elliott, and U.S. Senate candidate Glenn Elliott. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Howard. How you doing, sir? Are you uh, are you juggling all these balls already? <laughs> well, I can say that if yesterday is a good indication of how my life's going to be, it's going to be one heck of a ride. I can tell you that. <laughs> you didn't figure out this was going to be a pretty busy time of your life if you decided to run for the U.S. Senate? Uh, I kind of had an idea, but uh, the number of phone calls, text, uh, I can't even check my social media right now. It's a little bit crazy, but no, it's been a... Uh, uh, a great day so far. You know, look, it's going to be a long ride. I've got to look at it as a marathon. And uh, I keep in mind that for the next uh, six months or so, I still have a job to do here at the city of Wheeling. I, um, we have a very important question for you. Do you think your dog can compete with Baby Dog if it ends up being you and Jim Justice? Uh, in the, in the uh, <laughs> people have asked me that. My dog is an amazing dog, but he's terrified of of crowds and stuff. So I don't think he'd be a good campaign dog, but you know, I do have the antidote and that's called my son Harrison. That's so, true. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's true. Um, uh, so you'll see a lot of Harrison on the campaign trail. He did a great job yesterday down in the Capitol. He, he completely roamed every corner of that building, loved it and had a great day down there. Glenn, we had talked a month ago or so yep. that you were considering this and you were weighing a variety of different things. What uh, tipped the scales for you to decide to run for the Senate? Uh, uh, talking to other folks around the state, especially some of my uh, mayors, uh, 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 mayor, uh, mayor friends that I've become close to, uh, folks who I really wanted to make sure that, you know, this is a race that we put the most electable candidate in. Um, I think, um, you know, talking to folks, Almost no, almost nobody said that you shouldn't do it. Everyone said, you know, give it a shot. Recognizing that, look, I said this yesterday. I mean, the Democratic Party in the state has a branding problem. Um, like that's not a newsflash to me. I'm I'm going to be very aware of that. But I think part of, I mean, part of it is is we've let the uh, the other side define uh, what we are. And I think you know I will do my best to be a spokesperson for what the Democratic Party really stands for. And you know, live, I think the party has a lot of things in the history of this country and state to be proud of. Uh, but we've let the other side de uh, define us in a way that I think isn't fair or, or, or accurate. And I'll do my best, uh, recognizing that I'm going to be going into a headwind. And, and you know, I think, uh, uh, look, when I ran for mayor, Howard, if you remember, a lot of folks said, what are you thinking? Um, and I ended up winning that race pretty decisively. So, you know, I will work. I will beat in every county of the state. Um, I'll be listening to folks. So there are parts of the state that I don't know that well that I'm going to have to really uh, get familiar with. And there may be things I learn along the way that, you know, put I uh, go into my campaign. But um, um, it's something that I think I'm prepared for. I think I have the temperament for it. I think my background working in the in the Senate, uh, you know, when Robert Byrd was, was still in office, it's going to be an asset. A lot of people remember him fondly. And I got to see him firsthand for five years. And uh, back in the time when it, when the Senate actually worked. Uh, last year I worked there, Howard, they actually balanced the budget. I don't know if you remember that. It was 1999. <laughs> they they actually balanced the budget. Can you imagine that right now? I, um, I can't, no. And Bird played a big role in that. So, um, you know, I so look, it's going to be a fight. I have no, I'm under no illusion that this is going to be something, a cakewalk. Um, but I think, you know, that there's a message that needs to be told. Um, you know, we've had a lot of great uh, uh, economic development announcements around the state here in the last couple of years. And, and, you know, the governor's taking credit for all these announcements. But these announcements, a lot of these don't happen without President Biden and Senator Manchin. So 
Um, you know, I think we got to do a better job of telling our story as to how these things are happening and all the funding that was uh, brought to the state with the Inflation Reduction Act and the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill. Uh, these things might not have happened all without uh, Democrats in office. But again, you know, most people don't know that. And uh, I, I don't think we've done a good enough job of telling that as a party. You may have a Democratic primary. I don't know if I, Zach Shrewsbury had announced he was going to run. Um, he's yeah. more to the left than you are. Um, I didn't. I haven't seen his filing yet, so I don't know if he's going to still plans to file or not. So you could have a primary. You would have to get through. Um, and of course, the Republicans have a primary. Uh, the assumption for most of us is that Jim Justice beats Alex Mooney, but that isn't necessarily um, necessarily yeah. a given. On policy issues and on the things you talked about, Mr. Mayor, I think you, you can make some pretty strong arguments. But the realities of politics, I want to talk about that a little bit, and you mentioned one of them. You are well-known in certain communities, certainly up here in the Panhandle. You're well-known to uh, towns where you have friends who are mayors and so on. But your statewide name recognition is not the, the greatest, I mean, yeah. compared to Jim Justice or Alex Moon. Oh, heck no. Um, no. And that, <laughs> yeah. Building that name recognition is going to be a yeah. – that may be your biggest challenge. Without a doubt. And, and, and in a race like this, of course, it's going to come down to my ability to raise money. Um, I just started that process really yesterday, so it's, you have to give me some time to prove that I can do that. Uh, but I think there's a lot of folks out there who are hungry for somebody who can prove that this can be a credible race, make it competitive. And uh, I think if I can uh, you know, ha- uh, do a good job raising money in the first quarter, first half of this year, uh, you know, I think there will be some folks at the national level who, who may be writing off West Virginia right now who may be, uh, I get dialed back in. I do know that if Senator Manchin were going to be in this race, uh, the National Party were gonna, was going to put a fair amount of money into this race. Uh, so I just got to do my best to convince them uh, that you know that I'm a credible candidate, and then you know, obviously, uh, you know, money comes in, and then that helps get your name out there. Because you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I, I, outside of the WTRF or WTAV viewing area, I'm not that well known, and I'm going to have to do a good job of getting my name out there. I'm going to be in every county. I promise you that. I'm going to start my listening tour as soon as I can, and I'm going to go around the state and meet with everybody I can. But, but yeah, to get your name out there on the uh, TV ads and the mailers and all that stuff, it takes a lot of money, and I'm going to have to prove that I can do that. Uh, the two, um, you mentioned the primary, and yes, uh, as of yesterday, no one else had filed, but I do expect uh, Mr. Shrewsbury to file in the primary. Of course, I will not uh, take that lightly. Uh, you know, that would be my first order of business is uh, winning the primary. Uh, you, you hit on the, the, the two notes I made earlier outside yeah. the policy issues were name recognition and raising money, and, and you've, you've yeah. talked about both of those. Where's your money going to come from? Well, it's going to have to come from a combination of, um, um, you know, small donations, online donations. And then, you know, I'm going to have to go around to the states and some of the people who usually give a lot of money to campaigns and, and convince them that I can run a credible race. Um, you know, you're not, I'm not going to just uh, win this race by uh, $10 donations. I'm going to need to get some bigger ones as well. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to need to convince the National Party that this is a race that's still worth fighting for. And then, you know, they... Um, obviously, that opens up a whole different pool of donors. Um, you know, I've been looking over the donors that Senator Manchin's gotten over over the years. There's a combination of folks in the state and out of the state. Um, you know, I'll be doing my best to get my name out there and you know making that pitch. But it's a hard pitch, Howard. And look, I I've been mayor for seven and a half years. I've only run two campaigns. The worst part of any campaign is asking people for money. It's it's I mean, there's nothing good about it, but you got to do it. I did it when I ran for mayor both times, and I'm going to have to do it now on a much, much larger scale. Yeah, but the scale is dramatically different than running for mayor and raising money to run for mayor as compared to running for the U.S. Senate. Have you talked to Joe Manchin? 
I talked to the senator, yes. Um, I let him know that I am, I intended to uh, file for the seat. Uh, you know, he gave me his blessing. I, he didn't give me an endorsement. You know, I didn't really ask for one yet, but and I don't think he's going to be involved in this race at this point because I think he's really focused on, on things at the national level right now. But, um, um, I did talk to him and he gave me the, uh, his, uh, his blessing and said he thought I'd be a great candidate. So, um, you know, I'd certainly love to have his support in this race because he is as well known as anybody, maybe except the governor. So it's not better than the governor in this state. So, you know, obviously would, would appreciate and welcome his support. Uh, but I have talked to him about the race. Yeah, I'm, I'm focusing a lot on politics here today. As yeah. the time goes by, we'll talk more about policy. First of all, I think those, sure. up, those, of, those of us up here have a, a better sense of where your policy issues are. So you're not mm-hmm. unknown to us. But uh, on, on the politics issue, um, do, would you rather go? How do you feel? Jim Justice is likely to be your your uh, your opponent in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, you, what's your relationship been with him? You have you have uh, gotten the city has gotten some good support from the governor. I'm not sure if that's going to happen for the next couple of months now. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that is something that I did think about. But look, um, look, we work with the governor as best as we can. Uh, you know, he, he and I didn't always see on a on the timing of the streetscape. We did have our, you know, some words on that in that process because the streetscape did drag on. Um, but look, he came through on that. And I will I, I give him, him credit for that because, you know, that project is going to be transformational. Um, but look, in terms of which opponent to look, uh, right now, I got to get through a primary. I'm assuming I will have a primary. Um, I think either Governor Justice or Congressman Moody would be very formidable challengers, uh, both in their own right and also because of the Republican brand right now is it, it, is it in a much better place in West Virginia than the Democratic brand is. And I'll have to be fighting against that no matter who I face. Again, Governor Justice, you, you have worked with him uh, and you know mm-hmm. each other well, I suppose. I would assume more so than you would know Alex Mooney. Um so how would what would your argument be what would your debate be with with the uh, with Jim Justice? If I were running against the governor I think my debate would be look this is I mean I mean the Senate is a very hands-on job where I mean I saw it firsthand you get there uh, you're assigned to uh, various committees every day is a marathon uh you're running around um you have to make votes you're uh, zipping to committee hearings um it is not um a uh, look you know I'm not in Charleston every day, but from what I talk to people down there, he's not in Charleston every day either. I don't think he's, you know, mm. putting in the the uh, ten hour days uh, as governor, at least in the office or in his governor's office. There, like you'd have to do if you're a senator, because you just have to be everywhere when you're a senator. It is a full job. Um, it's something that I think, you know, look, um, it's a job where I think. If you want to be effective as a senator, you really it, – it's very hard to do much in your first, like, six years there. I, if you look at the stuff that Senator Manchin's been able to accomplish, it's after he got reelected. Uh, uh, senator Byrd was obviously able to get a lot of stuff done um, over six times being reelected. Uh, uh, six times being reelected. Um, so it's a job really where you got to go there with the plan to actually get there and learn the ropes and work your way up the – Committee senior uh, seniority uh, to get stuff done to bring stuff back for your state. Uh, So I think I'd have a chance to do that. You know, I'm 52 years old, and and you know I'd want to do it. And you to make it a job where I where I really can specialize in it, and you to be somebody like Senator Byrd to bring a lot of stuff back to the state, 
And I really, I use our, like that platform. I mean, that's, like for 65, five years, Howard, that seat has had a, a uh, you know, outsized influence on national politics. I mean, I guess for six months it was uh, held by uh, Senator Carr Goodwin, but for uh, most of 65 years, you know, we've had a very loud voice in that seat. Yes. And that's certainly something I'd want to bring to the table uh, to put West Virginia on the map and I think be a good reflection of what the state's possible. Here. You know, in, in terms of image, you, you certainly present a, uh, a, a young and energetic image compared to Governor Justice. And I don't mean that overly critically, but I just that's a reality. Um, and I'm going to say this. I don't need you don't need to reflect on it. I, I noticed, for example, at a state of the state speech, simply walking down the, the hall of uh, down the, you know, the floor of the chamber. By the time he got to give his state of the state speech, he was he could hardly breathe. He was breathing heavy and sweating like a pig. Um, uh, you don't have to reflect on that, but uh, the, the the first thing that I thought when I watched State of the State was, "Wow, um, he's." You know, I know what it's like to be in the Senate, and I know what it's like to be running up and down the hallways and going from one place to another, yeah. and so on. And uh, there there is an issue that I think that probably has to be raised at some point is simply about his ability to carry it out. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, look, you know, I'm not going to. That's for the governor's side and for voters to decide. You know, I was at the State of the State last week. Uh, a delegate flew hardy inviting me down. It was my first time being there in person. Uh, you know, a lot of pomp and circumstance, enjoyed the event. Uh, but for me, aside from, you know, like the governor's physical health, the things that I noticed was, uh, well, hey, I guess a couple things. It, it, it's, I think one of, one of the reasons why people get frustrated with, poli- with politicians is just because they sometimes don't like present like things in a factually fair manner. And all these announcements that he, he was touting, he never once thanked President Biden or, or Senator Manchin uh, for making them possible. He just took credit for all these things. And I think, you know, that's something that, that we, I mean, we as Democrats just have to like I mean, speak up and educate sort of educate people on, you know, on why all these announcements are happening, uh, because we were able to get stuff done in Washington. Uh, you know, President Trump was in office for four years and talked about infrastructure week, but it never happened. It happened under President Biden, and it only did because he's able to work with Republicans to get some stuff done. And without Senator Manchin, none of that happens. Um, you know, I, I would like to hear a more honest accounting in the state of the state of all the things happening and why they're happening. That didn't come. But, you know, look, uh, there'll be a lot of time to talk about that, but um, you know, I didn't see, I, I, mean, this, I mean, the speech was about an hour and 40 minutes long, and there wasn't a lot of substance there. It was more of a reflection. Um, I can kind of appreciate that because I did my last state of the state or state of the city last year. And, you know, after eight years in office, you do want to kind of look back and think about the things you've done. Uh, but at the end of the day, you, you know, you got to be honest with folks. And I think it was just it, it didn't really paint the full picture of what's going on at the ground level in the state. It talked about the view from the top being breathtaking, I think he said. Uh, but the view from a lot of parts of the state is still not breathtaking. And we're still, I mean, I mean, I look at the rankings of, of West Virginia regularly, and uh, we're still uh, uh, very often dependent on Mississippi not to be 50th in just about everything. And, you know, I, I know voters are probably tired of hearing that, but it's it's been factually true. As long as there's been these rankings, we have to do something to turn things around at the ground level um, at our state and, you know, help people build things up from the bottom up because we are still suffering on, you know, life expectancy, on income per capita, on education, on health. Um, we're not in a great place right now as a state on all these I mean, I mean, fundamental ingredients, and we have to ask ourselves why and what are we going to do different. Um, just like social media, Mr. Mayor, our text line usually has a bunch of uh, crabby people here. So, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> a couple of texts coming in on the Frio Stack auction service text line. Glenn Elliott is not ready for prime time. 
Oh, well, hey, you know, I, I mean, that's for the voters to, to decide. You know, I've served as mayor for almost eight, eight years. Um, you know, I've been thinking about political issues for my entirety of my adult life. I'm 52. I spent five years working in the Senate. I have a law degree. Um, you know, I, I look, look, if you don't think I, I can do, uh, I can do the job, then don't vote for me. But, you know, if you look at me on paper, um, I think I'm as qualified, if not more qualified than anybody else running for the seat. And, you know, I'll do everything I can to, I make sure people see that firsthand. Uh, text uh, off the text line. Glenn Elliott is in way over his skis. Is this just a stunt? Um, this is not a stunt, Howard. I would not be subjecting my family to the scrutiny uh, for any stunt. Um, you know, getting a toddler down there to file, I mean, to file the other day was, uh, yesterday was, was a feat in itself. I need to give my wife tremendous credit for that. But no, this is no stunt. Um, this is something I've talked about for, uh, you know, more than a month with my family, with my uh, uh, close friends and loved ones. Um, it's going to be a sacrifice. I have a two-year-old son that I'm going to miss, you know, a chunk of his, you know, third year of life because of this. I would not be doing this if I didn't think uh, that at this point it, I'm the best candidate for for, for, for the job and for uh, you know giving Democrats a chance in the seat, which I think many people are writing off. Mr. Mayor, appreciate your time this morning. We will talk a lot more. Uh, there's some other mayor stuff I want to talk to you about one of these days soon. We'll get into the homeless and so on. And also we'll follow the uh, Senate race quite closely. So I suspect we've been talking a lot over the last few years. We'll probably talk a good bit more over the last few months. I appreciate your time this morning, though. Uh, Howard, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, sir. All right, talk to you soon. Willie Mayor Glenn Elliott, uh, also U.S. Senate candidate Glenn Elliott. I got the impression he's trying out some. He's trying some things out there. You just sort of trying out some phrases to see how it all works. One of the things that jumped at me, Howard, was it, it, looking in hindsight, it's really silly now, those rumors about, well, he, he wants to be the – no, he wants to be United States Senator is what he wants to be. It's a little bit different than city manager, yes. <laughs> it's exactly right. Um going to be it's going to be interesting we've talked about it before i i made a note and i didn't mention to him it's if, if justice is the candidate and elliot's the candidate i think that's a good bet that that's what's going to happen it's going to be the folksy versus the erudite i mean mayor elliot tends to speak in full sentences and in you know very thoughtful ways and the mayor speaks in things like, "Well, golly be Jesus, you got to know that uh, the cat's coming home to play. And so it's going to be a completely different kind of uh, style for these two if, if it gets down to those two. And I think it will. I think that's likely where we're headed now. Um, again, I, I'm, I don't know about Zach Shrewsbury. I, I will check with him actually today and see if he's going to file. Um, but um, Mayor Elliott at least has filed and uh, is now a candidate. Justice and Mooney. And there's, some, there's a third person, by the way, on the Republican Party. i got to look that up. I don't know who it is. Um, I don't think he or she's got much of a shot. But we're about to enter interesting times. And and I'll tell you, I've, I've known all along, you and I have said all along, this could be a really interesting election. And Mayor Elliott's jumping into the Senate race just makes that doubly more interesting uh, for us up here. You imagine right. he's going to get some national feedback, uh, sure. you know, and he's a mayor of the city of Wheeling, so I think it's a win-win. Yeah, it's gonna it, uh, it's it's gonna be good. Uh, it's gonna be good for us, as I said yesterday. And sometimes that's all I care about, anyways. <laughs> all right, y'all have yourself a great day. The legislative watchdogs are coming in next. I'm sure they'll talk about this. They'll talk about what's going down in Charleston and much more. And uh, I will be back tomorrow with Bob in the morning at seven o'clock. Mr. Slider sticks around for the legislative watchdogs coming up next. Woo!